0: Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan. For the fans of the Houston Astros, here is your host, Rob Fontenot.
1: Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Astros Baseball. This is Sunday Strohs. I'm calling it Sunday Strohs today. Joining me today as a co-host is Stevie Proud. Stevie, what's up, buddy?
2: You know, it's uh, it's the same old, same old. I'm afraid. You know, it's Sunday. Uh, not much going on. I mean, I know you guys over there have got the uh, the big holiday, Memorial Weekend, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we 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 have our uh, Remembrance Sunday, but that's uh, that's like November time, so we, it's kind of different timings, but a similar sort of uh, you know approach to it, if you like. So. Yeah, it's, pretty, it's just another, another Sunday, I'm afraid. Pretty quiet one.
1: So y'all have a Memorial Day differently, but I, I was going to say something for all the people listening. I know every year, and I'm guilty of it as well, we kind of get two holidays kind of mixed up. So yeah. Memorial Day is tomorrow. So y'all don't have that yeah. there. So that's an American no, thing. No. Yeah. So... It is a day in which those who died in active military service are remembered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it and I didn't know this until I looked it up yesterday, but it it was originally known as Decoration Day. And it dates oh. back it dates back to after the Civil War.
2: You see, the only reason I know that is there's a great John Lee Hooker record called Decoration Day. That's the only reason I know that. <laughs> Because it's it's a great blues record. Uh, it's, not, it's on it's on an album, but the track's called Decoration Day, and it's it's really really good track. But I didn't. It... I, I, the pennies only dropped now.
1: Why he would entitle it as that? Yeah. Does it uh, is it a is it about Memorial Day? I think it is. Yeah, because
2: he's, I'm sure that he's talking about somebody lost in the war. Um, and remembering them on the day. Um, that's the kind of gist of the track. I mean, it's just him and a guitar. It's like six minutes long. It's like, you know, he's got no backing band or anything, it's typical hooker style, but it has got that that atmosphere and that message, yeah. When I think about it now, now that you've just said what it was actually used to be called, yeah. It wow. is it is that theme, yeah. It's, uh, it's like a 60s record somewhere in the mid-60s, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it makes sense now. But you see, <laughs> out here, it's called Remembrance Sunday. But as I say, it's not until November. So, um, you know, and that marks, I mean, technically it marks the end of the of the First World War, but it has that message of Memorial Day, which is where you remember the soldiers that, you know, that passed uh, I mean, really, it's all over the world, but it's, you know, it's predominantly Europe and obviously England. And, you know, it's it's to mark the respects of the dead, you know, and to remember the lives that were lost, you know, both in service and and out of service to some extent. Um, but, yeah, that's that's what we do. Uh, it's just one date, though, as far as I'm aware, which is the Sunday.
1: So I- I'm not sure when. It changed name from Decoration Day to Memorial Day. Uh, But it's been an official holiday since 1971. And Mm -hmm. I know for a fact that's 49 years because I was born in 1971. Mm -hmm. And what I wanted to bring up is this is the thing some people confuse. And like I said, I'm guilty of it as well. Veterans Day. We have Veterans Day as well. And that's November Mm -hmm. 11th. And that's honoring Mm -hmm. the veterans who served. So we're honoring people like my son's in the Navy right now. My right. dad is in the Air Force right. back in Vietnam. Right. And and uh we're so we're honoring them. But Memorial Day tomorrow we'll be honoring the people that lost their lives while while He's... in active
2: duty. That's kind of an a uh, reverse uh thought to what I had. You know, I I thought it was the other way around. You know, obviously I'm not from America, but I always thought it was the other way around because I've heard of Veterans Day. I'm mm-hmm. not obviously very familiar with it. Uh, Memorial Day, I, I I knew of it, but obviously I, I thought it was the other way around. So that's that's a lesson for me. I thought it was the other way around myself, but you know, it's interesting to know that to be honest.
1: So we're both learning things today. I didn't know there yeah. was a song called <laughs> Decoration Day either.
2: It, it's taught me a lesson because as I say like I. I've heard of both days, but meanings are completely back to front. But now I understand that because I've heard of Veterans Day, but now it makes
1: sense, you know. All right. So the last podcast we did last Sunday, uh, we debuted on the uh, charts, on the Apple podcast charts in Great Britain at 11, number 11. And well, that's uh, not
2: too shabby. <laughs> uh,
1: last time I looked, we we're number 30. So my goal. Is for us to be the number one podcast in Great Britain. What do you think about that? I think you've got a hell of a job on (laughs) your (laughs) hands.
2: I mean, we can try. You know, I mean, this is, this is, all a man can do is try in life, right? Yeah, you
1: got to have goals. (laughs)
2: Exactly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So after. After that last episode, we posted some questions on Twitter for you, Mm -hmm. and I have four of them. Actually, it's four people. Someone asked three questions, and one of them actually not even asked a question at all, but uh, Rip Griffin said, what's up, Stevie? Well, what's up, Griffin? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Second one, Stephanie Boudreaux. I'm sure you follow her yeah um, yeah we 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 chat a lot we chat a lot on the so this could either be a long answer or a short one but she asked what's the reaction in the u k about the sign stealing scandal oh oh
2: I'll, I'll definitely answer it i mean i i did uh i i had the b b c contact me about that and i to, i did a whole show about it the b the b b c you know it's the biggest sort of radio station in England and they wanted to know all about it and uh you know what can i say i'll put it like this i'll try to put it into a nutshell we um it made news in england that mm-hmm. is a, that, that that is unheard of that is unheard of the only thing the only news you will get in england about baseball is who won the world series that's <laughs> You won't, even get, you won't even get if someone famous dies. You may have to look at it uh, in depth on the online newspapers to find out things like that. I mean, the, the BBC and other, other broadcasters and, and whatnot in England do have sports sections where you can look up baseball. But most of the time commercially avi- available is just who won the World Series. But the scandal did make big news in England. It really did. And that's why I was got in touch with, because, you know, they, they wanted a British person's perspective on a team that I support mm-hmm. over there. And, uh, you know, what can I say? It's not a massive sport here. I always have to reiterate that. It's cult at the best. It has its own little, you know, uh, niche following. Um, you know, I I personally, I... A lot of my friends you know'll they 'll watch the odd game with me, but they 're not a fan of a the team they 're certainly not a fan of the Astros or you know any of the teams that are involved so opinion wise i 'm only going off the press, mm. which was obviously extremely negative you know um, Britain especially prides itself on sportsmanship in all our sports it 's very gentlemanly it's very honest it's very uh strict. And that is why British sports are so popular because it doesn't have that corruption element. You know, it doesn't have that, um, you know, kind of dirty element to it. So I think the general uh, opinion was not a great one. Um, but, you know, it's British media. We don't have that broad scale because it's a, it's an American sport. So I think generally people weren't happy. Um, I mean, I, I, I've come into contact with British baseball fans on Twitter. Um, and, you know, generally they will be fans of the Yankees or the Dodgers, as classic as it is. And I've seen them kind of obviously, you know, going along with the bandwagon of American fans of those teams. Uh, but can I blame them? I don't think I can because if that's their opinion, that's their opinion, you know. But generally, it's not a great opinion. It's not a respectable opinion. Um, you know, it's generally quite negative, I think. But as a lot of the press was in America,
1: you know. So that shows you how big it is on a global scale if in a country that only cares once a year who wins the World Series, they, if mm. they're talking about it, then it's a big deal. Mm.
2: But it is. I mean, that was the thing that struck me. I mean, I, uh, I, you know, look on the news and, I don't do it every day, but when I do, you know, it's it's talks about sports and it came up. I mean, this is the most bizarre thing. My relatives know I'm in baseball. My family know I'm in baseball heavily. And even they were saying, isn't that your team? You know, <laughs> what do you think about that? And I was kind of like, you didn't care for the past, you know, whatever amount of years. And now all of a sudden it was like, I've heard of these guys because you're into them. You know, you follow them. Mm -hmm. You went to see them, you know, and it was all this big, um, you know, people wanted to know that, I suppose, you know, but uh, it's just, yeah, it just proves really what an impact it had on sport, but
1: globally on opinion and debate of the sport, I suppose, as well. Yeah, that's the reaction I get from uh, a lot of friends of mine from work or whatever. They're like, hey, what's up with your Astros? And I'm just like, well, they Mm. cheated. All I can say, you know. All right, let's mm. go to the second mm. one. Ready for her second question? This should be easier to answer. Uh, do you think the universal DH will happen?
2: You know, it's a strong possibility. Um, would I, in a way, to be honest with you, I'd I'd, I'd kind of like to see it happen. You know, I know there's a lot of purists out there that would strongly disagree. You know, uh, you're going against a written rule. That's you know extremely old but uh, I think you know I'd like to see it Um, and I think it will because I've noticed with MLB sickly I mean it's always an evolving sport anyway but I have noticed that the changes have become more and more I'll use the word severe as the years have gone by so it wouldn't surprise me if it does happen because it will change up the game drastically. So I, I do think that will happen, to be honest. I do. Um and I think it'll be interesting if it does, to be honest. You know.
1: I know it was part of the owner's proposal, and what I've read is that uh that the teams or the players are they're they're for it. Because yeah, due exactly to, you know, yeah. The, yeah. I guess due mm. to injuries. They don't want to get injured
2: uh in this. Well, shoot. this is it. Yeah. It, it, it's and also I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a sucker for seeing guys' careers uh, extended, you know. And there's there's every possibility that that could happen. You could end up seeing some of your favourite players play for a long period of time because the career may be extended by it. And that's probably the biggest pull for me, you know. Uh, I'd like to see that. To right. be honest, I'd like to see it extended, you know.
1: All right. She also asked you, "Who's your favorite Astro of all time?" And I think I might know this.
2: You know, it's a tricky one because of of all time, I I I I have to go with Bob Watson of all time. I have to because it, it, he just, you know, he's it, just all right. You know, he's historical. But I think in terms of you know uh, current, we know it's Altuve. But I'd say before that, you know, it's Gattis. You know, I've always had Watson, Artuve, Gattis and to some extent McCann. You know, they, they, they've always been in like a universal, you know, bubble for me. You know, they, they are the, the Holy Grail, all those four combined for me personally. But I'd have to say Bob Watson. I mean, you know, um, God rest his soul, you know, but. He really was, you know, someone who just caught my eye from the off. But that's when I started delving into the history of the Astros. And he was the first person that grabbed me. And I just thought, you know, this guy's just amazing. Almost mythical, you know, again. Um, And I just remember that was the first, first baseball card I ever got. I mean, I sourced it out. I had to get three of them because I thought if one gets damaged or or wrecked you know i would be devastated because baseball cards are really hard to get out here you know and i'm not just talking rare ones i'm talking like standard ones you know and yeah i just i'd, I'd probably would go bob watson if you're talking all time you know legendary status amongst the organization i would definitely go for bob watson yeah
1: yeah bob watson was credited to, to uh Scoring the one millionth run in Major League Baseball. Exactly. And he also had a speaking part in the Bad News Bears. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I mean, this
2: is what I mean. Before It's strange because before I found all this out many, many years later, I just remember thinking, you know, I didn't really know much about him. I'd kind of seen some clips on, on TV and, you know, the internet of him. And I just thought – I, I love my sluggers. I love my powerhouse hitters. And I just thought, you know, with the glasses and the helmet on and everything, I just thought, this guy's really cool, you know. <laughs> Who is he, you know? And that was it. I just thought, yeah, really cool. But obviously he wasn't even playing by my time, you know. Mm-hmm. He wasn't playing at all. He'd, he'd long gone past that. But, you know, just like, again, it's I love the historical figures, really. Um so, you know, it definitely has to be Bob Watson, I think. And, you know, I was devastated by his passing, really. I really was. And I think it's such a
1: loss. But, you know, it's it's life, unfortunately, I'm afraid. All right, everybody. That last 10 minutes of the podcast was brought to you by Stephanie Boudreau. Thank you, Stephanie, for those questions. Uh, Tricia Matheson, she's asking you, who loves Altuve more, you or her? Uh-huh. I'm going
2: to say her because otherwise I'll have a death warrant on my head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting into that. It's like, you take it. <laughs> you <know? laughs> we always have a joke and we always say, we'll, we'll share him, you know, but a lot of the time it's no, you, Trisha, you take
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the next question is from Max. Are there any baseball hooligans in the UK?
2: Um. As I said before, it's, you know, I I love that question. I thought it was really entertaining because I kind of can see what his point is because um, historically uh, the UK has got an awful history of uh, football hooliganism. I mean, Mm. you know, it's really bad. So I can understand where that question comes from. But uh, no, we don't. Not to my knowledge, no. simply because the sport is not big enough. It's just not, you know, it's not big enough to have gangs roving the street with Yankee jerseys on. It's just not, uh, it's not big enough. Um, You know, we we can talk trash as much as we want online amongst UK fans, but hooliganism isn't really a thing for baseball here. I mean, I've, I've seen little clips on the internet in America, but even by the standards of hooliganism in baseball in America, it's nothing compared to the history of, of football violence in, in the UK. So what is, so a, what is it's a hooligan?
1: A, someone that fights?
2: It's someone that will live and die and fight for their team. They will live for them. They will die for them. It's very, very tribal. If you're a hooligan, it's like you're in an organized gang. Imagine, a, you know, I, it's quite similar to actually how the uh, Los Angeles Raiders gain their crowd, mm. um, which became very violent and very volatile and extremely violent. You got a lot of gangs that are in, in hooligans uh, or hooligan culture. It It's, it has links to, to crime and various other things. It's, uh, it's people that will literally fight for their team, but they will, they will fight a rival team, you know, uh, a rival fans team. And It's incredibly violent. I mean, we have a a, a wonderful museum, actually. Uh, It's the National Football Museum. It's uh, in in Manchester. Obviously, we have two of the biggest teams that represent my city. And um, whilst I'm not a, a football fan, I'd strongly recommend to go there if anyone ever visits my city, because if you love your football, you will learn a lot. It's the national one, so it's the only one of its kind. And it's got a lot to do with hooligans in there some of the weapons that were confiscated, some of the, the uh, you know, the documentation when they were arrested and things like that. Very interesting. But it's it's not as bad as it used to be now. You know, I don't want it getting a terrible reputation. It's not as bad as it used to be. But there's countless documentaries and films you can watch about it. It's got a very deep culture in England. It's, uh, it's, it's notorious. So I can understand this question. I think uh, if baseball was big enough, you know, maybe, maybe we would have hooligans. I really don't know because um, England's different. You know, it, it, it's uh, soccer has a huge following across America. You know, people follow Liverpool, Manchester, Everton, Arsenal, but you won't have that live die tribal element because it's so deeply ingrained in British culture. Um, it's 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 a religion. Some fans would tell you. It's tribal. You know, people will fight for their team, literally fight. So it's a very different uh, sport to compare it to, I suppose. But, no, we don't have it, Uh, and I don't think we ever will, (laughs) not in terms of baseball anyway. (laughs) All
1: right. You said live, die, and fight, and that uh, segues us into the next uh, part of the show. Did you hear Mm – Anything about Carlos Correa saying he would like to jump in the octagon to see what it feels like to be knocked out? I can't say I've heard. You haven't that heard one. that? <laughs> I don't. I don't think I have. I don't I mean, they're posting it on Twitter. They're writing stories about it. And if I'm not, if I'm not wrong, I think Correa and Lance McCullers Jr. Have a podcast now, and I think that's what they talk about. At least the one that I saw on Twitter, they were talking about the UFC. Wow. So it kind of makes sense. I'm I'm thinking maybe he just made a comment, you know, but some people are jumping on it thinking oh, that he actually really wants to get in there. Wow. I've, I
2: have I've gotta say, I can't say I've heard that. I really that must have slipped my radar that that's uh <laughs> That's a very, very unique. I got to look it up.
1: <laughs> All right. So, so I posed this question on Twitter after this. Uh, what Astro player would fare better in the UFC than Carlos Correa? Who would you put in there to represent the Astros in the UFC? <laughs> <laughs> um, can I dig people out in retirement?
2: Sure. <laughs> Um, you know, I'm gonna. I, it's a funny one for me because I would probably go with Brian McCann. <laughs> I can just imagine him knocking down a brick wall. You know, I don't know why I've got that in my head. I'm just thinking, yeah. I just, I just wouldn't mess with Brian McCann. Absolutely no way. I think he just reminds me of like, uh, you know, a, a classic British boxer. Mm. I just imagine he'd just shock you <laughs> out. You know. But then again, in the UFC element, I don't think he'd be very agile. I don't think he'd... uh, I I think if he didn't get that knockout in quick, um, maybe he wouldn't fare so great, you know? Um, Maybe the athletical element isn't there. But that's a really good question. I mean, it is a funny one, but I don't know. It's Probably Brian McCann. I just hope that he gets that punching quick, you know, because if it's going to... Ground and pound and grappling, forget it.
1: <laughs> so, some of the names mentioned in, that that were answered were Jordan Alvarez, which that's a good answer. He's oh, good. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Evan oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. was mentioned more than once. Yeah. Lance McCullers Jr. Yeah, for sure. He's been mentioned. You know how he told that? You know, yeah. someone tried to fight him one time and he told him, I'm right here. So, he's not scared. He's not oh, scared. Oh, yeah.
2: I, I remember there was a guy, actually, that was an Astros fan that was having a go at him. Do you remember no. that one? There was some guy that, I don't know who the profile was, but I remember they had an absolute Barney, as we call it, I got a, an internet fighting session, just verbally back and forth. And I'm pretty sure the guy was an Astros hmm. fan. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember. I think he said it in in jest. I think he said it in a Mm -hmm. joke, Um, but it went way too far and Lance McCullers just didn't like it. And I remember him saying a similar thing where he just said, I'm right here. Where are you? You know, I'll give you an address. He He was going off on him, you know, and I'm fairly sure the guy was an Astros fan as well. I can't remember the origins of the conversation, but He's a, he's definitely a good shout Once of course
1: definitely, without a doubt. I know some people said Josh Reddick, maybe it's because of his love of wrestling. But here's another one. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, that's not a bad shout, that's a dark horse. You're here's another know. one uh, that I thought you were going to say when you said, can they be retired? And it's because of his fight uh, with the White Sox. Uh, I can't even think of his name now, but it was Nolan Ryan. Remember Nolan Ryan Oh, yeah. In oh God, fight. yeah. Oh, well. I mean, you've, you've got that on footage. Like,
2: that guy is, uh, I would not mess. Yeah. No way. Yeah, he can no put way. you in the
1: headlock. But you he
2: know what? You. Exactly. I mean, but another one I've just thought of, one of my, also one of my favorite players for the Astros, Machete Maldonado. I think he'd kill you. I think he'd kill you. <laughs> He's even got the name Machete. You could literally put him in the ring with his existing name. Um, And he, in fact, I'm going to go with Maldonado, my Maldonado. Definitely. That's, that's it for me. The machete Maldonado. That's what I'm putting in the octagon. So it
1: seems to (laughs) me that you think all the catchers are tough guys.
2: For sure. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, it's a good question, isn't it? I mean, you know, the the list is endless because somewhere at the back of my mind, someone else I really admire actually is a historical baseball player. I'd put Reggie Jackson in there. I, I love Reggie Jackson. I
1: know he's got an ego, but I don't care. I think he'd be pretty good in there as well. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to take a quick break. And I got a couple more things to cover. I found a cool little story about Zach Grinke I want to share. And then I have three questions I want to ask you. So we'll be right back, folks. You're listening to Astros Baseball with Rob and Stevie. We'll be right back. All right, folks, we are back, Rob and Stevie. First thing I want to talk about, sir, is the Astros hope to open up Minute Minute Maid Park soon. Professional sports are able to return with no fans on May 31st, and this is according to to the governor of Texas. So this is as far as... Pretty official, to say uh, the as least, far isn't it? As Texas goes. So right now, players are able to go inside Minute Maid Park, but it's only to rehab. They're not allowed to go in there and work out and do whatever. So it's, it's sort of open, but it's not totally open. And I, like I said the, yesterday, I was doing a podcast... And I don't even know if the team store is open. Like, if you live in Houston and you want to drive over I don't there, don't get the impression it is. But then again, I don't, I don't know. know, know but you'd imagine it'd be,
2: you'd imagine it'd be closed. But I don't know.
1: Yeah, no idea. Okay, so hey, we were talking about favorite players, and neither one of us have ever mentioned this guy. But I read a story yesterday, and this guy, I, I think last year, uh, World Series Game 7, he actually moved up the list anyway based on his performance, mm-hmm. and he's kind of a quirky guy, so I know you know who I'm talking about. But in 2009, see if you've ever heard this story, in 2009, Zach Grinke won the AL Cy Young Award, and he was also <laughs> given a samurai sword by Mizuno. He... <laughs> he gave the Cy Young to his parents but he kept the sword and he said I've kept only one award my whole life and it's the coolest thing ever so he hasn't even kept any award that he's ever got wow. the only thing he's ever <laughs> wanted is that wow. sword
2: I mean yeah that's that's pretty incredible isn't it I mean th- this is the thing it's uh, baseball's full of characters but I'd say he's one of the more recent ones to say the least you know there's something e- extremely admirable about that, but wow, that's uh, that's a unique response to that, isn't it? I, I I'll be honest,
1: I yeah, I, I can't I no say either. Um,
2: you know, it's funny really because I didn't really know much about Grenky until he joined our organisation, to be honest. I'm not going to lie. You know, I didn't really follow his career or, you know, where he'd been before or anything. I just kind of heard about this guy. I think I was away in another country and someone had said, oh, you're going to love this guy that we're going to get. And his name didn't really ring for me. Again, it's gullible, I know, but I just had never really, I didn't know enough about the guy. And obviously then he comes onto the team and you think I'm my kind of guy because he's unusual and he's unique. You know, that's not a derogatory thing. It's more just, you know, we need we need those characters in the sport definitely, and nice. that's what another reason that's made baseball so fascinating because it's absolutely full of characters and and mad guys and you know eccentric guys and you know it's got all all different things going on in that melting pot really.
1: yes yeah, so i didn't really know anything about green either except that he was really good and even when he started pitching with us like no. throwing 60 mile an hour curveballs i didn't know he did that i didn't know i didn't know his personality as far as not liking to talk to the media i, I didn't know i didn't know he had these what does he have the kind of problems like in crowds yeah. or uh no, I mean, that's kind of what I mean. He, he, about, I
2: don't uh, know anything he's about He's obviously it. tried to keep out the spotlight. And again, I sort of respect that, really. Um, it's funny because uh, I believe he's uh, Mormon, I think. I could be wrong. I could be wrong on that. And the reason, hmm. the re- the reason I bring that so, up is because when so he was he, signed he, to the Astros... I've just realised I was in Utah at the time. I was in Salt Lake City. And the reason I, I remember that I was away now is because uh, one of the uh, pastors, he came out of nowhere and he tapped me on the shoulder in the street and he saw my Astros cap and he said, you've got one of our guys. He's a wonderful human being. And I said, I don't know who you mean. And he said, Granky, is that Granky? Now, I could be wrong, but that's what he said. He told me that he was part of the, the Mormon church. That's what he told me. But I don't know. I, d- I don't know how true that is. But well, that's what he said. And oh, okay. that's when, awesome. you know, that's the first time what I'm kind of getting at is that's the first time I'd really heard his his name and kind of a little bit about him coming to our team because I wasn't even in the country. <laughs>
1: So, my favorite player is Springer. I told you this before. Second favorite is Yuli Guriel. And I can't think of number three. So, I'm putting Zach Grinky at number three. There you go. Zach Grinky, you and your samurai <laughs> yeah, sword. Yeah, you have to lower I mean, my it, list now. It really does say a lot about the man.
2: And I respect that story, actually. I really do. It's, uh, it's very, very admirable. And it shows that he's just a normal guy, actually. Very humble, clearly.
1: All right, so I said this episode you are a co-host. I'm not interviewing you, but just for fun, I was looking up podcast questions, and so I'm going to ask them to you. Let's see how it goes. These are are supposed to be top-notch podcast (laughs) questions to have an interesting podcast. Are you ready? So I have three of them. And this is the remainder of the show. So, however long it lasts, that's all we have for today. All right, number one. If you can step into my (laughs) shoes, me, Rob Fontenot, what would you have asked yourself last week that I didn't? (laughs) I should have had one more cup of coffee to after this.
2: (laughs) That's like something if you say that. And you've had, you know, <laughs> ten pints. You're not going to be able to answer that. It's a bit of a tongue twister, isn't it? Um, ah, oh, no. <laughs> okay. Um, why didn't you do what you should have done?
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I know, right?
0: I mean, that, it's that's a question to be an awesome
1: question. See. <laughs> Maybe I should have told you before. Yeah, I mean so not putting me on the you spot. I mean,
2: right. I have no idea to so be honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: let's go to number two. Let's see how difficult this is. Okay, what is a common myth about England or the people in England? What's a common myth? And I think you shared one last time. But what is something? Like, people think over Go there that's not really true. And I'll give you an example. Everybody everybody has the myth that when you visit Hawaii, you step off the plane and they give you a yeah. letter. And that is just not the truth. And if you look it up, you'll find out that's not the truth. And when we left, they gave us a letter.
2: There, 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 there is there. loads, I to tell you, because there. I see so, a lot of it on Twitter. And it's just like it's not even designed to trigger because they don't, you know, it's Americans talking among Americans a lot of the time. But there is so many. Um there really is, but if you're just asking me to name one, because believe me, I could go on and on, but I'll name one. Please, one. under no circumstances, think that we all talk the same. It's so irritating. Because we just don't. <laughs> we don't the, the myth is that we all speak the Queen's English, which is what you will be used to on the films and the documentaries and things like that. We do not all talk like the Queen. We don't. We don't talk like British actors either. You know, that 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 really sometimes it's 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 infuriating because We may be a small uh, island, but you could walk down the street and someone talks completely different to, you know, your house 15 minutes up the road. That's how drastic the changes are. And I think anyone that's come to England would know that. But I think I always like to reiterate to people that have never been to England, it is a myth. We don't all talk like Queen (laughs) and we don't talk like the royal family, most of us. Um, and, and I'm sorry for I shattered any illusions, by the way, but we don't, we
1: don't talk like that, most of us. Okay, let me add to this. Mm-hmm. You said you don't all mm-hmm. talk in the Queen's mm-hmm. English, like all proper, like movie stars. And let me tell you, I hope this doesn't offend you, but this is how I hear you. I hear you this way. If I went to England and I went into a pub to have a beer, and I now to the listen, guy next my friend, me, you hit the nail that's on the how head. I to sound.
2: because the reason you picked up on that is because anybody <laughs> will tell you this in England, Manchester, my city where I come from, where I was born and raised, very proud to do so. We get rated as the friendliest people in England, and um, that is something that. I feel we share a bond with Texans. On, we are easy going. We'll buy you a drink. We'll talk. We'll f- make you feel relaxed. Make you feel comfortable. Make you feel welcome. And yeah, you, you, if you came into a bar in my city, that's exactly what'd happen. <laughs> and that's not just because I know you. I would do that with with anyone because that's how we do it. Um Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> Another thing, uh, apart
1: all
2: right, from give me another one. Uh, we all drink tea. We don't. Yep. I don't touch the stuff. I prefer coffee. And when I say coffee, I mean like hard dosed coffee, espresso, things like that. Very European thing, you know, Italy, Spanish style coffee, Turkish coffee is amazing. You know, that's what I drink. And mo- most people I know do. Uh, you know, that's a really strong misconception, a really strong one. But I think most Americans would know that. I think that they would know it's a bit cliche. It's a bit old hat. Um, you know, we. I think it's a bygone one, but some people still cling to it. Um, again, I'm not saying we don't drink it. It's a massive, mm. massive part of culture and history in England, but we don't all drink it. You know, we don't all drink it. We just, you know, it's not that big, you know. Uh, I think it's just to do with evolving times, you know, younger kids and people probably my age, it started dying out around then, you know. Uh, A lot of my friends don't even drink hot drinks. How weird's that? You know, a lot of my friends don't even drink coffee, you know, hot chocolate, nothing like that. They just drink cold drinks, you know. Water, stuff like that. So it's a bit of a misconception, I think. But you know, I could go on and on. That's the thing.
1: So let me ask, let me ask you this: Is iced tea well, I, a thing I, over there? Because it's I, ice iced tea is one of Texas my favorite things. And I actually shocked it. a woman to the it.
2: point where I thought she was going to drop a plate when I asked for iced tea in a Texas restaurant. She was gobsmacked. How do you even know what this is? You know. She was she was she was gobsmacked. She was like struggling to put the ice in the cup, you know, mm-hmm. she was going mad. Um but no, I I love it. Um the only difference with um the I would say the American iced tea is that it's a lot sweeter. Um, you know, you, you have the option to have it quite sweet. We don't really do that in England, to be honest. Um, but iced tea will only be served you know, probably in the summer as well. It's quite a, a seasonal thing, which is what I've noticed when I have been to Texas is it just seems to be all year round. You know, you just drink it whenever you want. Um, but I prefer the way uh, America desires to. So it's it's a lot nicer. It really is. It's lovely.
1: Yeah, it's one of my favourite things to have. So me me. Me personally, yeah. I don't even put sugar in my tea. I like it without sugar, but I'll drink it. But I'll drink it both ways. And let me tell you this: I said only one, but I'm enjoying this. Uh, Give me one. Let's do it. Let's keep doing this.
2: The thing is, now I'm on the spot. I'm thinking you, said you could do a thousand. You know, I, th- I think it's. Uh... <laughs> I know. Ah, here's one that I've come across occasionally. Um... It is a very, very, very small percentage of people that I've come across. And it's not just Americans, by the way. It's all over the world. And this is why I try to put Manchester a little bit more on the map. Everybody thinks England is London. That's it. That's all we have. London, that's it. You know, and it's just, again, it's simply not true. You know, we're a small island, but we have a lot more to see and do. There's a lot of more cities uh, you know, a lot more countryside. It's not, it's not just London. But I do find that that is a massive, massive generalisation and, and a bit of a, a, an ignorant thing. But it's rare. It's just something I've come across occasionally. Um, and people, some people I've come across will just blatantly ignore that you've just said where you're from, and they'll still continue to say this guy's from London. You know, and you want to say. You know, with all due respect, I'm not. You know, it's imagine, imagine me saying uh, everyone from Houston is, is from Dallas because that's all there is in Texas. How, how infuriating would that be? I think that's a good question yeah. from me in return. I think people would be pretty annoyed because you're proud of where you come from. You know, um, you take pride in where you're from, be it your city or wherever you're from. And I think sometimes the London thing is like, I understand it, but again, it's a small percentage of people, but I think some people generally think London is is England and that is it, you know, and that is all over the world. That is a really popular misconception, I think, you know. Um, That's definitely a strong one.
1: Oh, completely. I think New York deals with the same thing. Yeah, everybody Everybody work. thinks New yeah. York is New York City. It's so similar they probably, thing, yeah. It's so
2: definitely, they probably yeah. can understand what yeah. you're
1: going with. <laughs> Let me share this with you. Um, I, when I was younger, I used to work at a shoe store, and this guy got transferred from New York. And he really thought that everyone in Texas <laughs> rode horses to work. He really um, thought
2: that. Um, yeah. I don't know if he's yeah. trying to be funny I mean, or he that, really that, believes that's it, a, but that's what he thought. That's a good him. example of it on the reverse side. He, yeah. Yeah, I mean th- it's thought, the same thing. We with the, like I say, with, with with the accent here and whatnot. It just it generally I think people just have a a one singular vision of a, a country or a city or a place. And they just stick with it they don't devolve from it. And you think, you know, you could tell them, there'll be some people I imagine you've, you've told blue in the Facebook don't believe you. I don't know. But
1: all right, third and final question. Now it's time Go to ahead. put me on the spot with this question. Are you ready? If you were interviewing me,
2: um, what would I you think ask? I
1: would ask, are
2: you proud to be where you're from? Where are you from?
1: Am I proud to be where, where, where you I, grew up? Where as a I child, live now, yeah. or where I grew up as a kid? I guess I would say I'm proud either way. Uh, where I grew up in Oklahoma, it is a natural sports rival for Texas, so. Living in Texas and growing up in Oklahoma, all of my friends hate the sports teams where I'm from. And oh, so wow. yes, I oh, wow. that's, say yes. I'm proud that's the right I'm answer. <laughs> I I I lived in Texas since I was eighteen, so that's thirty one years that I lived in Texas and I still love Oklahoma and hmm. I love and I'm talking about Oklahoma football, like college. And I will, I will love yeah, it until I yeah. die. Even if I live in Texas for sixty yeah. years, it that will that will never. Yeah, I like change. that. I like that. So yes, I'm proud. it's just
2: an interesting, it's an interesting question because some people, you know, they'll, they'll be rare, right, but, but there will be people that will be like, I couldn't wait to get out of my town or my city. You know, I couldn't wait to move away when I was growing up. So I always like to, I always like to ask people that, even though the answer will probably be yes. You know.
1: Yeah, that's usually people from like a mm. small town mm. or something. You know, they want to get out. Yeah, go to a bigger go to a bigger place. But anyway, that's all I have for you. You today, know, one buddy. thing I wanted to you say was, you, um,
2: you know, uh, I hope everyone has a good weekend. To be honest with you, I know it's a, a big event out there in America, so I hope you know. You're thinking of you know your loved ones and if they are still there, you're taking care of them and you know you all have a good holiday and uh, try to remember because obviously that's what it's about. You know we've we've all at some point fought together as 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 one as well along the line. So I think it's pretty important to take time just to have a think on the Monday or whenever your time may be. Just just spare a little thought just to think about that for a minute.
1: For sure, yeah. All right, so we'll see you next Sunday, right, Stevie? All right, folks, join us again next Sunday for Stevie and Rob. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what it sounds, so it sounds catchy to our, me, Rob. The name of our Sunday show. What do you think, <laughs> bud?
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Make sure to subscribe, so that way you will be alerted when there is a new episode. Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Fontenot. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for 4 dollars each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card.